Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, keeping, first down, and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by BetOnline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Remember, it's the Halloween season. There's some great promos going on at BetOnline.ag.com. You can bet on the basketball season that's starting right now. Baseball bets are going on for the uh, postseason. Understandably, the Phillies lost. We're all upset about it, but there's still some baseball games you can win some money on. And, of course, football and the Eagles as well. Promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, 50% matching your initial deposit. BetOnline.ag, and then we're also sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash Eagles for 10% off your first month. This podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, co-host Connor Miles with my co-host Ed Kress. Ed, I mean, I hate to bring up the Phillies thing right off. I, I, I even feel bad just saying that because the vibes from that clubhouse, I was really hoping they would win the World Series this year. I'm not even a Phillies fan. I was hoping they would win the World, uh, the World Series this year because those vibes are immaculate. And that's like, it was like bros baseball. That's what you really, that's what I grew up with. I grew up with, I mean, unfortunately, if you didn't know this about me, I'm a Yankees fan because uh, I was born in New York, in Pennsylvania. Know. Yeah. I didn't know Yankees, that. <laughs> diehard Yankees fan. And the core four, how they treated each other in the clubhouse was kind of like how the Phillies established here. That's why I like seeing that again. That's how baseball is all about. You're supposed to be bros like that. You're supposed to love each other like that. And you're supposed to smash home runs like that. So um, Craig Campbell is number one enemy in Philadelphia, understandably so. Sorry that the Phillies lost, guys. Uh, they'll be back next year, though. They, I know that everybody's down on Rob Thompson right now and everything, but he's he is a good manager. He understands baseball. He will fix his mistakes. So they'll be back next year. Now we got to talk about some football. Yeah. So Ed, it's funny thing is we ended last week's episode talking about how the Eagles secondary is missing Chauncey Gardner Johnson and his interception. Well, what did they do? What I mean, I don't know how you listened to the episode. If you already knew this already, which I would imagine he did. <laughs> more that more so than listening to the episode, but he goes out and trades for not only Kevin Byard, all pro safety from the Tennessee Titans in a, in a steal of a trade to all Edmonds, a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick, which phenomenal value for Kevin Byard, who is third in the NFL in interceptions to, since 2016 behind Justin Simmons and Xavier Howard. You couldn't ask for a better guy with a better resume that was available for incredible value. Cause I think Justin Simmons, if he is available is going to go for a higher cost. So you couldn't imagine the value they got for Kevin Byer. This is the perfect trade for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, obviously somebody they needed. I mean, they went against the Dolphins last week with two backup safeties and their fourth slot cornerback. So, you know, they needed help in that secondary for sure. And, you know, Kevin Byard's a 30-year-old veteran. He's originally from Philadelphia, spent the 
first 14 years of his life in Philly. And then his parents got divorced and he moved with his mother down to Atlanta. But uh, it, it's it's a, it's a great deal. I mean, it's a really uh, – you're right. Two third-day picks. The Eagles are going to have a lot of picks next year anyway. Compensatory picks. Uh, so, yeah, it, it makes a whole lot of sense. And I hate to see Terrell Edmonds go. I mean, I liked him. He was a good guy. He was a good presence in the locker room. But yeah, Byard's better. You know, he's just better. And he does things that the Eagles like that fit into the, the scheme. So, uh, like, actually cover people. He's a good cover. Safety <laughs> – I mean, you know, not, you know, Edmonds. No, but you don't have to sugarcoat it, Ed. Come on. But he, but he, yeah, he can't really uh, cover that well. So, uh, you know, that's Edmonds' mindset is always to be around the line of scrimmage because he was the hybrid backer for Pittsburgh. Then you kind of were putting him with these injuries. You had no choice, but you're putting a square in a circle peg. Like he wasn't fitting. Like that, that touchdown to Tyreek, where he speeds right past Bradbury and Edmonds before the, Right when the ball snapped, Edmonds makes a move like he's going to pivot inside to give Bradbury support at the line of scrimmage. He should be going back covering for that touchdown. He shouldn't be moving forward. He should be moving backward to give uh, safety support, and he didn't. Yeah. It, he bit on it. It, it. seemed I don't know if he was looking at Braxton Berrios and thought he could defeat that crosser and then realized that he was getting past uh, Bradbury. I go help, and it was too late. I don't know. I don't know what his thought process was there, but that was – I think you're if you're hired Oseman, you're looking at that, and that's the the day you're today. And all right, I'm making a move for Bayard. That's it. Yeah, uh, you're right. That's a good point. Edmonds on that on that touchdown pass, right to uh, to Tyree Kill. I mean, Tyree Kill is just such a tough cover, uh, anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's an upgrade. Uh, he grew up watching Brian Dawkins. He loves Brian Dawkins. I mean, so what's not to like about this guy? Maybe his contract, you know, the Titans are picking up a lot of it for the rest of the year. But, you know, next year there's a huge uh, cap number. Maybe they rework something and try to stretch that out over the next couple of years. We'll see. But um, in the short term, got to love it, man. It's going to really help this team uh, get where they want to be. And the best part, another good part, I should say, about it is Howie Roseman just showed us that he's all in. He believes this is a championship team again. Uh, he's not a seller. He's looking to bring in talent to get this team to where it wants to go back to the Super Bowl, so they can kind of not they can kind of stop picking at that scab. You know, Roseman talked about the scar that it's going to leave for the rest of his life, and it's not going to scab over. Well, maybe this helps them uh, get back there and win it, and you can forget about that scar and that scab because they'll have won the Super Bowl. And if they get there, I think Kevin Byard will be a big reason for it. Oh, 100%, because the one thing that we're missing out here is now Darius saying James Bradbury can get comfortable again. Right. There was a lot of discomfort in this secondary with the shuffling at safety, with the injuries and the inconsistent play and these new guys stepping into these roles. There was It's hard to make your corners comfortable. And only the only time that we're going to see the secondary at full peak is when Bradley Roby is good and he's back out there. Because then you have it. I mean, I don't, I don't know, actually. Eli Ricks actually played pretty well against Miami, and I'm sure we'll – touch on that as well a little bit but uh yeah. when bradley roby the veteran that's been there before gets back out there i mean this secondary should be hitting all cylinders towards the end of the season uh when you're going against the hardest part of your schedule you couldn't ask for a better move by how yeah and we'll see where if where roby fits i mean he's out with the shoulder injury i thought it was maybe a two-game injury so i'm not sure he'll play uh against washington we'll see it's still early in the week but you know, they're going to have a roster crunch once some of these guys start getting healthy, like Cam Jurgens and Justin Evans. So, you know, where are you going to make the move? You know, Sidney Brown said on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday in the locker room that, you know, he's 
probably going to be the slot guy. He's probably going to play uh, reps in the slot. Um, now, listen, I, whether or not he is true or not, we'll see. I mean, Sidney Brown also told me last, I guess, two weeks ago that he was going to play, and then he didn't play. So, you know, right now he's getting trained in the slot, and Eli Ricks is as well. Two rookies, both learning really kind of how to play the slot at the NFL. Ricks has never done it, even going back to Alabama. Um, but he did look pretty good in there on the 14 snaps. He did a nice job on on the couple of times he was matched up against Tyree Kill. So, um, you know, we'll see where Roby fits uh, once he's healthy and ready to return. Because, like I said, they're going to have to figure out some, you know, some roster moves here in short order once Jurgens and Evans are ready to come off the IR. That's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, just so excited because that's the one thing that I mean. Still, no matter what, they got Kevin Byard. Like, just phenomenal move. Uh, gave up absolutely nothing for him, and like you said, they have multiple draft picks still to overcome the losing the fifth and the sixth round pick, no matter what. So, uh, and and he does have an option at the end of his contract at the end of the year here. So that option, I think, really gives you the uh, flexibility to rework his deal and say, hey, you're on a winner now. Let's keep winning. Um, if he wants to stick around, because you could play past your thirties and as a safety in the NFL, one hundred percent. So, and he's the type of player that could. Yeah. So I, I mean, and Malcolm, he's like a little bit like Malcolm Jenkins, I think. You know, he's a real leader, uh, good communicator. Um, and Malcolm played to what, 33 um, at a pretty high level. So, yeah, I mean, you can play for a few more years into your 30s if you're if you're buyered. Not only that, it just helps Reed Blankenship too, the other middle, uh, middle yeah. Tennessee alum. That's the perfect trade. I couldn't, couldn't ask for a better trade right there. How about so, that? Safety U, Safety U, Middle Tennessee State. Two starting safeties from Middle Tennessee State of all places. Would have thought. Would yeah. have thought. You think Byer plays on Sunday? Yes. I do yeah. too. I mean, they, they got him for 11 games. So I guess, what, they have 11 left. They played seven, um, six, oh, 10 games. They're counting the postseason games too, I'll tell you right now. But yeah. Right, right. right. So they, they got him for, you know, for this. Who knows what happens next year? Because like I mentioned, the cap hits. So yeah, you're going to play him. You didn't bring well, him I mean, look what happened Sunday. last year. What happened yeah. last year was Chauncey Garner Johnson. You didn't wait. Got him wow. a couple of days before week one started, and you rolled him out there. And he's a veteran. He's been around. He 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 knows what's going on. He knows defenses. He knows offenses. I mean, he's going to be – he's a plug-and-play right out of the gate. Well, ask yourself this. Would you rather go with what they had prior, or would you rather go with Kevin Byard and on like a five-day notice? Oh, I'd rather go with Kevin Byard. Yeah, exactly. So that, there you go. <laughs> yeah. We're all answering that question. There. I mean, Kevin Byard will be out there to. on Sunday. I mean, yeah. Blankenship, I think, was listed as a full participant today with his ribs, and it was just an estimation because they had a walkthrough today. But, you know, that's a good sign. So, you know, if you don't think Bayard's ready, and I, I don't think that's going to happen, at least you have Brown and uh, and Blankenship that can come in at safety and play. But I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't put Bayard out there. Do you think the Eagles are done making moves? Well, the trade deadline's on Halloween, right? 4 p.m. Uh, before anybody goes out trick-or-treating. So we'll know uh, what, what, what they do, if anything. But, you know, they, they could go for another corner or a linebacker, um, maybe a receiver, although they got Julio Jones in here, played 16 snaps, made one catch. I never heard a bigger cheer for a three-yard catch in my life than after Julio Jones caught that three-yard pass. Um, so we'll see what kind of role and see if that grows for Julio. And again, he's a guy on the practice squad. So we talk about this roster crunch, you know, he only has two more elevations left and, you know, some things could go wrong. Guys could get hurt in these next two games and then maybe a spot opens up. But right now there's no room for him. So, um, you know, I think they're going to ride Julio here. I don't, I thought maybe they'd go for a receiver, but I don't think so. 
Maybe a name to keep an eye on, too, is Brian Burns, another edge rusher from the Carolina Panthers, who was said to be on the market. Never have too many edge rushers. So, you know, maybe that's a guy um, that, that Howie might target. He traded for Brian Burns. Oh, my God. Pencil the Super Bowl now. <laughs> How do you stop Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Brian Burns, and Jalen Carter? Yeah, and Jordan Davis is really playing well. Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, the Eagles' defense, uh, rush defense is ranked number one in the league. It was tied for 16th last year. And, you know, I asked Lane Johnson after everybody left the locker room, you know, I was just talking to Lane. I was like, why is your run defense so good? You blocked against these guys all summer. And he said, have you ever blocked? Jordan Davis before and I'm like no I don't think I ever would want to he goes that guy can take up three gaps all by himself so uh you know Jordan Davis you know he I think he's a very underrated part of this defense because everybody looks at the sacks and you know Jalen Carter's just phenomenal to watch the way he plays but man Jordan Davis you watch him take double teams and he doesn't really go backwards against double teams he anchors and he stays there and just clogs things up so, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, you got to give him some props here. I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back here, but the way that you're describing Jordan Davis is the way that we described him when the Eagles picked him. Yeah. We always said, we always said this from this jump. You know, nobody looks at the Buccaneers Vita Vea stats when they hail him because he's not blown up the box score. He's making things happen for everybody around him. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine where this defensive line would be to this day right now if Jordan Davis wasn't playing the way he was. Honestly, and God. even that said, if you want to look at sacks, I think Davis has three now. He had a half a sack with mm-hmm. Fletcher against the Dolphins. I think that brings him to three, maybe two and a half. But, you know, uh, that's that's pretty solid number for a D tackle. Oh, but not only that, I mean, he the, he is the difference in their run defense. It, 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 you have to put it that it's Jordan Davis. No it's doubt. a huge difference. The, the leap from year one, because, I mean, he wasn't bad last year, right? He was not bad. Everybody wants to act like, he didn't do well last year. That's not that's not the case at all. He got banged up. He was injured, and he didn't look right when he came back from injury. That's just the truth. And they had a bunch of other guys that were prepared to handle that, that those roles in Linval Joseph and Amikasu. Um, this year, night and day, oh, he's playing like an elite level defensive tackle. He he's playing exactly like Vitavea. And that's exactly what I thought he was going to be when the Eagles drafted him. So it's good to see because he just eats up space, allows opportunities for the pass rushers, and Jalen Carter and him together for years to come, like they were in Georgia, is just nothing but great news for the Eagles. No kidding. Yep. Think about that. These two guys drafted a year apart, uh, still on the rookie deals. I mean, that's a, that's exciting. We're 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 looking at the kind of the heyday, in my opinion, of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, these next few years, I think they're just going to continue to grow and get better. And with Howie Roseman pulling the strings. I mean, this team's going to be a double-digit win team, I think, for the foreseeable future. Dan Graziano made a report that the Eagles could be looking into the running back market, and I couldn't disagree more with that. I don't know how you feel, but they talk about yeah. Rashad Penny still. They've mentioned him like he's a vital part to the team. Right. I I always go back to your theory episodes ago, and I'll let you talk after this, but I go back to your theory that they're just trying to let him get his legs back underneath him because that injury was still fresh. Because there's at, at some point, like you're keeping him around for a reason, you would imagine. He's a good insurance policy, no question. And the longer he just kind of lets that injury, you know, rehab and recover from last year and, you know, uh, bring him along slowly at his speed, then better it is. I mean, they can't even get Boston Scott carries. Um, 
you know, they're going with a swift Gainwell heavy rotation, but you know, we've seen guys get hurt obviously this year, especially for the Eagles. And it happens all the time. I mean, Rashad Penny is a good insurance policy uh, to have. I, Listen, if you go for another running back, I don't I don't really know what you would do with another running back. I mean, they're happy with Swift. They like Gainwell, uh, although I think Gainwell could do better. But he's a you know, big part of this offense. Had a great three-yard touchdown run against the Dolphins, the way he kept his balance and you know twirled into the end zone there uh, to put the Eagles up 31-17. He runs so, hard. He runs hard. It's not always pretty, he but he does. runs hard. You're right. He does run hard. And, you know, he's – He's got doing good with the ball security. Um, so I, I really, I would probably agree with you that I'm not sure they need a running back um, in the trade market. Uh, you know, I thought maybe if they traded with Tennessee, if they brought Bayard in, maybe they would have brought Derrick Henry over too, but you don't, you don't need Derrick Henry. Um, you really don't. Uh, I, I think they're happy with what they have there. I just look what they do at the running back room. They only keep three guys active. If you add another running back and you keep the guys that you have in your roster, which I imagine you would, well, I don't know. Maybe we would get rid of Penny at that point if you brought somebody else in. But uh, even if you do get rid of Penny, who are you who are you keeping active? Because they love Boston Scott. He's going to stay active no matter what. He's the kick returner too. So, I mean, you're going to see Boston Scott, no matter what, active on game days when he's available, if unless he's injured. So what would you do at running back then? And I know the, the fans' answers would be, all right, easily, Kenny Gainwell. But that's not what the Eagles are going to do. Probably not, unless they trade Gainwell in the deal. I mean, I you know, listen, I was surprised at Edmonds. You rarely see player-for-player player deals straight up. It's usually just draft picks. I was kind of surprised that Edmonds was included in that trade. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe someone takes Gainwell. I, I don't know. I mean, he still has a year left on his rookie deal, so he has some value. Um, but I, I kind of plays into what you were saying, though, too, because Mike Vable talked about Edmonds during the press conference that made it sound like he had to be part of the deal. In my opinion, that's my opinion, though. And just the way that he talked about him as press conference, it seemed like they needed him to be part of this deal, especially for safety death. And they also picked up Kayvon Wallace, so they clearly aren't satisfied with at safety uh, after this buyer trade. So it seemed like they Edmonds had to be part of this deal. But it also, if you keep Edmonds, what do you do with this roster with all these guys, too, like you're saying? So right. I right. feel like it worked. the Eagles were okay with the Titans asking for Edmonds just because of their roster construction. Yeah, exactly. You know, and maybe the Eagles said, hey, do you want Edmonds, you know, to fill that safety gap to get you through the year? And they You're said, probably sure. right. Yeah, probably right. So it's probably I, the same things we're like, going to have to have Gainwell, too. If they trade for a running back, they're going to have to include one in the deal. Probably. Probably so. And where are you going to upgrade? And listen, Bayard's a veteran. I mean, he he knows defense. He knows offense. He He's plug and play. Where are you going to find a running back that's going to come in and understand, you know, the plays, the design of the plays? um in such a short span of time i mean i i don't know I, I really don't i mean i listen i would rather go see them get some offensive line depth you know they lost uh yeah. both to uh from the practice squad um but it's hard to do you don't see offensive linemen i don't think change change teams much because there's such a dearth of o linemen in the league teams are dying for good offensive line play um so i don't know who would be willing to trade away and you know a serviceable offensive lineman for depth purposes. Um, There's two so, guys uh, available that I would wonder if they would even consider uh, DJ Fluker, who was here for a visit. I wonder if they keep, they're keeping tabs. I imagine they do. Cause that's how the Eagles work. They, they yeah. always, if they had you in for a workout, trust me, you're in your back pocket. It's some, in some sort of uh, Lil Collins. He's out there available. I wonder if they would even consider that. Cause I mean, see a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Um, 
I yeah. kind of agree with you. Uh, you're sitting at this point where you had to use your backup right guard who the glamour of him is kind of wearing off. If you ask me, that Miami game is kind of rough for, by him. Again, he's dealing with some great talent on that defensive front of Miami, but I feel like he was more of a liability than a, a help in that game. So I think the glamour of Suo Pettis kind of wearing off a little bit. He's ready to go back to the bench. And, you know, you're right. Lane left that game and the whole entire offense changed. So if you could tell Lel Collins, like, hey – I know you want to be a starter. You probably get some starter opportunities out there, but we're trying to win a championship. And we've had times during the season where we've had to rely on our backup offensive linemen for meaningful snaps. You may be in line for that. Or DJ Fluker, I know he hasn't played all year and he hasn't played probably even last year. I don't remember. I, yeah, he definitely didn't play last year. But yeah. you brought him in for a workout. He looked good, I thought, in his workout videos. I don't know how football speed he's ready, but you put him on the practice squad and you get him to that point. Right. I mean, yeah, I could see them bringing in an offensive lineman. I mean, that's another position. I mean, I would put running back kind of down on the list. I mean, I, I could see maybe bringing in a linebacker, an off-ball linebacker. I mean, Zach Cunningham, he's very long and rangy, but, you know, I don't know. Is, is he the best you can do at that position? I didn't think N'Kobe Dean had a very good game against the Dolphins, um, and he only got 30 of the 49 snaps. Cunningham played the whole way. Morrow had 16 snaps, so – I don't know. Uh, linebacker could be a spot to keep an eye on and maybe another cornerback, given the fact that they've been so banged up in the secondary that, hey, why not? The more corners, the better. I mean, it seems to be that's the position that's getting hammered with injuries. So, yeah, maybe another spot to keep an eye on. And I'd put, you know, probably linebacker, cornerback and maybe O-line kind of as my top three positions to watch if if Howie makes another move. Agreed, agreed. So now we got to talk about this. What do you think about Jalen Hurst? Do you think he's hurt? Uh, well, yeah, I think he's hurt, but I think he's going to play. What do you think he got hurt? Because I've been having this debate all week with my friends, and one of them says he thinks against the Rams when he slipped, uh, or no, when he had that insane tackle uh, that looked really bad, uh, but it was actually fine. And I just remember, not against the Jets, who did they play the week before the Jets? Washington, right? No, uh, they... Washington was week four. Week five was the Rams. Week six was the Jets. Week seven was the Dolphins. Okay, so before it was it was Washington. Then I just remember that red zone first quarterback uh, design run. He slipped on the grass and it looked like an awkward slip. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that, but but I don't. That's and my friend, you know, I've had people talk to me and they think it's that Rams game where he had that crazy tackle. Do do you? Do you have an idea in your head of when he could have got hurt? Because I think he's hurt, too. I think his ankle. I don't know what it is. It looks like to me it was an ankle. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I thought it was an ankle, but it's a knee. It's a, He's wearing a knee brace. He came back at, after halftime and put a knee brace on in the second half against Miami. And, you know, we talked to him on Wednesday, and I asked him. I said, I can't remember what I asked him, but I asked him something about the injury, about when it happened. And he said, well, I already said it didn't happen in the game. So when did it happen at practice? That's how Jalen Carter hurt an ankle, cost him a game. I, I wouldn't think so. Um, but I'd have to really go back and look at the tape from the previous games as to when it might happen. It did look to me like in Miami, he got kind of stuck in the turf a little bit on one play uh, and he got sacked. I think it could have happened there, but he he insists that it's, it didn't happen in the game. So it had to be something that happened prior to that. And I wouldn't think it would date further back than the Rams, or I'm sorry, the Jets the week before. Um, so it either happened in that game or during practice. And he tried to give it a go without the brace, and he put a brace on, and it made him feel more comfortable. So, um, you know, it's still kind of a mystery. But I do think 
I do think he'll play. He said today they're going to take it day by day and one day at a time, you know, all that stuff. But Sirianni said that, that you know, they seem pretty optimistic that he's going to play. Uh, today, Wednesday was a closed walkthrough practice, so we weren't able to watch it. Tomorrow, uh, Thursday will be a, uh, you know, an opener practice for maybe the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. So we'll get a, get an idea if Hertz is going to practice. If he's out there doing drills and such, then I would say he's probably going to play. I, I still think even if he's not, he's going to play. Oh, yeah. He has no designation. Right. There was no designation on the injury report. And all they did was, you know, some running and walking and, you know, who knows how he'll come out of that on the knee. You know, maybe it came out a little sore and the list is limited on Thursday. We'll, we'll see. I you know you're bringing up that run against Miami uh, where he think he got hurt. And then you saw the next play. He kind of like ran. He was trying to pick up some yards. Van Ginkle chases him out of bounds. He looked gimpy on that run. So that's why oh, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when when he made that run and he looked gimpy on it, I'm like, oh, he's definitely hurt 100%. And then you could just tell now. I wonder if it did happen against the Jets. I mean, MetLife Field is known to kill everybody, so I wouldn't be surprised if it actually did happen against the Jets. That's right. That's right. But, yeah, I think that um, that's when I noticed it, too. I think you're talking about that play after he threw the pick six. The very because I thought – right, the reason why I'm bringing up that play immediately and why it sticks in my head because – all these Dolphin fans all week are talking about the penalties and this, that on the Eagles side, which is, you know, just a typical fan base crying as usual. And I'm like, well, I felt Van Ginkle did a late hit there and didn't get called for it. And it's always because, you know, we're dealing with a mobile quarterback and they're always biased against those calls there. But Kurtz was clearly headed out of bounds, nearly there. And this guy drags him down. I mean, that's going to, and he's already looked like he was hurt on that run. You're just going to make it worse with that. So, I'm surprised that call didn't happen. That's why it sticks out to me. But I just remember he ran so slow. Like, he looked like he was hurt. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, that's kind of when you started noticing it is he just didn't have that fire and that that drive, that, that that you know, the ability to run and pick up speed. He just – he was pulling up lame. So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if he plays, and I, I think he will, he's not probably going to be doing a whole lot of running – I mean, this Miami or the, this Washington front is really, really good, as we all know. We saw it just a month ago when they played him. Um, so, yeah, he's going to have to protect himself pretty good in this game. Absolutely. Because for some reason, Washington always gets to the drawing board and figures out how to be a competent football team against the Eagles somehow, some way. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Because it's crazy. They lost 14 to 7 last week to the Giants and Tyrod Taylor, but they're going to come in against the Eagles and the Eagles are going to squeak out a close victory. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. Sam Howe had a terrible game against Buffalo and he came in to the link and, you know, had 60 yards rushing on scrambles, really hurt them with his feet. And then he had a terrible game against the Giants last week in a loss. He could come out like a house on fire again on Sunday. He sacked 40 times this year. I mean, the guy has no chance. So, I mean, it, you're, you're hoping with the Hassan Reddick looking back like he's normal, which hats off to Hassan Reddick and hats off to Josh Sweat too as well. I mean, both these guys, five and a half sacks already, and uh, the the amount of pressures that they're generating as well is just completely changing what an offense can do uh, from a production standpoint. Uh, you, you know, you want to give your hat, you want to tip your hat to the run defense of Jordan Davis, but you also have to do it to these edge rushers. They're setting the tone uh, for this defense now, and it's only going to get better now. They got Kevin Byard. Just, I, I don't think people realize enough how much those 70 sacks contributed to the fact that everybody was covered downfield last year because there was great coverage being performed when they had the safety support that they had in Chauncey Garner-Johnson. Folks, we are getting back to that point now. We are going to be back to that point in the strong stretch, I mean, in the long stretch of the season versus the hardest part of the Eagles schedule. I think they had the second-ranked hardest 
part of the schedule that they're facing right now. And they're about to have that type of coverage again that's going to make the pass rush job way easier. Like, I hope you guys are excited as I am because I can't even sit in my chair right now. This is <laughs> It's insane. I'm so happy over that Kevin Byer trade, and I hope you guys are too. Um, and Ed, I'm sh- just to end the show real quick. You think they're being Washington, right? Uh, yeah, I do. They always seem to play a little better down in FedEx field for whatever reason, um, than they do at home against Washington, but second home away from home. Yeah, I know. There'll be a lot of Eagles fans there. Uh, yeah, I would, unlike last week when I thought Miami would win. Yeah. I think the Eagles win this week and then they bring Dallas in here before they go on their buy. So that's my only concern again, maybe looking ahead to with Dallas and the 425 kick next week. Maybe they're peeking ahead. I doubt it. Um, but yeah, I, I just can't see them losing to Washington. I really can't. I doubt it. I doubt seeing them peek ahead either. I think they they took the last game personal. I would hope so because it was, you know, that overtime. Or excuse me, to head that game into overtime, how they gave up that touchdown in the last drive, like that, that should leave a sour taste in your mouth if you're a defense. It would for me personally. So I hope it does for them. So I don't see them overlooking this week. I see them taking this week very seriously. And you're right, they always seem to be playing better in FedEx Field. So. Yeah, um, for whatever reason, I don't know why. Well, the pass rush is is finally awake, so that's that's why. I mean, I, I don't want to say finally awake. The it's clear as day that that cast is holding back Hassan Reddick, and now that it's off, he's back to normal, looking the way he does. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like how it was last year when they went to Washington and Wentz was playing and they sacked him nine times. I really wouldn't. I tell you, Reddick didn't have a sack on Sunday against the Dolphins, but man, he played he's huge everywhere. run game. I mean, he was just shutting down that run that, you know, Miami was averaging 180 yards a game on the ground and they got 45 against the Eagles. And it wasn't like they were negative, so far behind where they had to pass all the time. Negative seven first half. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's a crazy number. And Reddick really set the tone with a couple of tackles for loss out on the edge. Um, so he made a huge impact on that game, uh, not from the sack department, uh, as a run defender. And that's the sign of a good all-around player. He's not just some sack artist that comes in and piles up a sack, but he can do it in the ground game too. Three years, $45 million. He's going to go down as one of the top five signings in Harry Roseman's GM history. 100%. Yeah. yeah. All right. I have them beating Washington soundly, to be honest with you, because I think it's going to be one of those sack parties, especially if Kevin Byer plays, because I know he's going to be up to speed right away and give them some they're going to, he's going to give them better safety play than they've been having. It's going to make James Barry's job easier. It's going to make Darius Slay's job noticeably easier. And it's going to improve the pass rush, which is may lead to, I don't want to say another side that nine sacks was a lot and was unexpected. Uh, I, I would imagine they get five though. At least I'm going to be honest with you. That line is playing that bad. I would even put Byer down for a sack. I think Sean Desai is going to have a little fun with him. And he might bring him on a safety blitz or a slot corner blitz, but I think Bayard's going to have a sack too. That's that's my prediction. He's that's going to be kind of his coming out party in Philadelphia. Is he's going to sack Sam now? Yeah, hats off to Sean Desai though. We didn't even give him yeah. his, his flowers, man. That game against Miami's offense to have that kind of a game plan from the start. There was no, I need to make halftime adjustments and get back to speed with this. It was from the start domination of the what he preached all week about the physicality and him and Nick Sirianni. It came true. It showed right away off that bat. So hats off to him because I will say, I know we picked Miami to win, but I did mention it would be very Eagles-like to drop a game like that ugly game to the Jets and then come out and win soundly against Dolphins the following week. And they did just that because that's Eagles fashion right there, folks. We yep. know the team no matter what at the end of the day. 
So Ed, it's gonna it's gonna do it for us. Uh, yes. Hats off to Sean Desai. Greatly appreciate you, sir. That's the the one wrinkle that he's added to this defense that was lacking last year that I really love is the blitzing. I really love it. I think it I think it just you you throw at offenses what they don't expect from the Eagles defense, and it just it makes a world of difference at the end of the games. It really does. So I really do appreciate that he blitzes uh, more regularly than Jonathan Gannon ever would have. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon to recap this game after it happens against Washington. You guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend. We'll see you soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.